Smaller, mid-sized companies have special challenges when it comes to technology and especially putting in place cutting-edge analytics. That's why we do the Analytics Breakdown with me as your host, Chance Coble. Hello and welcome to today's Analytics Breakdown and I am your host, Chance Coble. Today, I want to talk about the state of the BI market and what people are doing to choose one of these tools because it's getting particularly convoluted. I'm seeing out there right now is there are probably, I don't know, 110, 120 different competitive offerings for dashboarding tools, tools that pull from some sort of database or even in some cases unstructured data, maybe even newer kind of big data tools, and then turn that into some kind of visual that can either be presented directly through a web interface, a mobile app, or even embedded into software applications. The the companies that I see producing these tools, most of them are just really sucking wind on cash flow. So it's a very competitive market. They're trying to one-up each other all the time. And choosing one of these tools can be particularly challenging because they all have their own language and their way of approaching the world. And so if you decide you want a dashboarding tool for executive decisioning or you want to put something in your product that you don't want engineers to have to hand code and you want to be able to drop it in, you're suddenly in this quagmire about being out there evaluating dozens and dozens of these tools. So if you get into one of these evaluations and you've got all this list of tools that you've gone and done a bunch of research on, now you have to learn their specific language, their way of doing things, whether or not they connect to your kind of database and whether or not they produce the exact sort of visualizations you want. I did a a webinar recently for Yellowfin, which is a tool that, that we resell, where I basically tried to break down five features you really want to look for. And I came up with, and this is mostly focused on the embedded market, that is people that are putting these together as products to sell to their clients. I came up with multi tenancy, so you can work with multiple organizations, rich analysis, something with some real intelligence that really helps you quickly put together these kind of insights, something that monitors your data and pops up alerts in the event that something of interest happens for you, Um, something that really has accelerated reporting features so it doesn't require you to field by field put together those those kind of features but really lets you kind of go in and ask a question and it tries to come up with a report for you. And then finally, support some kind of integration and automation on the back end, especially if you're putting a product together. Now, that's because that's specific to the embedded market. It's not relevant to all of you. But I think with those five features, what I'm trying to get to is to have people take a step back a little bit and think about how this is going to work with your team. A lot of times people go in and they try to buy something that is very technical when the fact is it's their business stakeholders who are going to be putting this content together and really creating the solution in the tool. And so that's not going to be a good fit. Other times, you know, they do vice versa. They basically go in and they buy something really meant for a business audience, and then they try to hand it to their technology teams, their IT teams, or even developers, and say, make it work this way or make it work that way. And the developers don't have the flexibility with those tools that are really meant for a business audience. So these platforms, because there are so many, trying to bring each one of them down and do a trial with it really just doesn't make sense. The, the best thing to do, rather than getting into some kind of spreadsheet where you've got rows as tools and a bunch of columns as features and you're in there checking off, does it do this, does it do that, for each one of these dozens of tools you're doing in an evaluation, you know, I've seen people take months with that. The fact is, what you want to do is first get on the phone with them and say, 
this is meant for a business audience or this is meant for a technical audience. Talk me through that and convince me that we're really going to, you know, kind of have the right use case here and tell them exactly what you're trying to produce with it. They'll give you a demo. That'll take 45 minutes. Try to pick five, 10 tools you go through that exercise with. It's, it's an investment of time, but it's not nearly as big of an investment of time as trying to really comb through and get every detail right for whatever these tools you're looking for. Once you get through that, pick three and then do a trial with it. The fact is the best tool for you is not the one that checks all these feature boxes or that fits every little feature you're looking for in terms of the spreadsheet of rows and columns and that feature matrix you put together when you do a vendor evaluation. The best of these tools for you is the one that you will use. I can't tell you how many of my clients wind up with six of these tools and they're all sitting on the shelf by the time they hire me as a consultant. And so when I go in there and say, hey, I think there's something that might actually be a pretty good fit for you here, they're completely closed to the idea because they want to use one of the six they've already bought. And that's understandable. I have nothing but sympathy for that situation. But the fact is there are a lot of people out there buying these tools and then not having the follow through to get value out of them. So again, the right tool for you is the one that you will use. And if you can figure that out and figure which one really doesn't have an impedance mismatch with the, your team and the way that you're going to use it, take advantage of those trial periods. That's really the best way to kind of figure out which one of these tools is going to work for you and which one is really going to give you seamless development of content quickly. Now, given all of that, I will walk you through about five of these tools and just a sense of a really kind of 10,000 foot overview of what you might look at when you start going out there and doing research. Now, the five tools you're going to come across that do the best job in marketing that are probably the most established brands, from my estimation anyway, you know, starting out with Tableau. Tableau's the biggest. I mean, they they kind of kicked out MicroStrategy back in the early 20-teens and uh, went public, I think it was 2012. Um, they have really established themselves as a, just a solid business intelligence tool, a market leader in data discovery. And they have a really interesting kind of bottom-up sales approach where they get into the analyst and they make it really easy for the analyst to start producing reports. And then they slowly but surely bubble their way up in use cases until the entire department is using it. So it, it's a fairly easy bottom-up sales strategy. They're easy easy to engage generally in terms of just getting started. But then it's when you really get into a Tableau server that you start, you know, kind of writing checks for the tool. So once it gets up to that department level, that's when you'll notice an escalation in your cost. But again, they're a market leader in data discovery, tons of integration features, uh, mostly a Windows tool. So if you're, as long as you're on that platform, you know, it might be an interesting thing to take a look at. SciSense, SciSense gets out there with its imported cube technology. They, you know, build that in memory cube and then have some performance benefits in terms of working with that. They also have a pretty strong embedded story. So if it's something you're looking to rebrand and put in front of your clients, decent tool, go out there and check it out. Same thing with Looker. Now, Looker, while it does have some of those strong embedded features, they were bought by Google a few years back. And when I spoke with them, I actually took a look at an engagement with Looker a ways back. They were pretty pricey. I mean, they were coming out of the gate around eh, 60K a year or so. And so I don't know if they've kept that pricing. I kind of doubt they have because it's it's really not competitive in my experience to start out on day one with writing that kind of a check, not a lot of people would tolerate that price point. And I think that would make it cost prohibitive for a lot of their use cases. So I doubt they've stayed there, but just kind of try to get that pricing out of them if you can, because, you know, my first experience with them was it was, it was pretty high up there. Power BI, the exact opposite. They start out so low. They've actually convinced people that they're a, a free or near free solution. That's not the case. Power BI is good for just 
quick reporting for finance teams, being able to get things together, especially if you're already on the Microsoft stack. Uh, you can use that tool, really get in very quickly for tens of dollars, you know, and so it's a it's a pretty easy access solution to start with. The real challenge with Power BI is when you start growing and scaling with it. If you don't get out of that mode of using it with its build a report and export functionality to go show the executive, you really want to start using it as a true self-service BI tool. As you scale up in data and scale up in those features, it very quickly becomes more expensive and kind of gets up and aligned with most of the other tools out there. And you will get yourself into a thousands or tens of thousands of dollars and spend pretty quickly as you start taking advantage of those larger data sets and larger, you know, kind of more enterprise features. So just keep an eye on that growth. You know, if somebody's coming to you telling you Power BI is free, that's not the case. It's a great tool. It's got tons of flexibility. And especially, like I said, integration, if you're on the Microsoft stack, just don't be fooled into thinking it's free because it's not. And then, you know, finally, we resell Yellowfin. I think Yellowfin's a great fit for the mid-market. I think it's, you know, kind of at the right price point. It's got a fair amount of maturity under the hood at this point. I've got a lot of features and integration supports, I don't know, five or six dozen different types of databases and generally does a lot of the things that I look at in terms of being able to help the small to mid-market out where it's that annual subscription. It is based on the scale of use that you have generally and then also just has a very kind of flexible democratization of how you can develop content. So while it does have a lot of kind of trapdoors and API access and stuff like that, it also, for developers and more technical people, it also has that kind of business use case in terms of being able to democratize the development of content across the organization. So I favor that one. Obviously, I'm biased because we resell it, but that's, you know, those are the five I tend to look at out there. And I think that, uh, you know, another piece of it that I didn't really mention of that is Yellowfin is not hosted. You know, we offer hosting services for it. Tableau generally has both now, I think, an on-site and a cloud model. Um, Generally true for something like Power BI as well. Looker, I think, is hosted and then SciSense as well. So if you have those kind of constraints about whether or not you can use cloud or need to use on-prem, that's another piece of it to look at. But those are five that I think you could start with if you were doing an evaluation. You'd probably walk away with a tool in fairly short order that you would find as a reasonable fit between those five. I'm Chance Coble, and this has been the Analytics Breakdown.